my understanding is that like tight underwear affects the number of sperm, but not like usable sperm. Or so like if that makes any sense. Like you'll have less sperm, but it's not like the percentage goes down or something like that. Huh. It's not like there's like it's not like you're you will have less sperm and they'll be less effective. They'll I still see. be the same amount of effective. You just Mom, have like less sperm. I'm gonna have an elite, but very small, compact squad <laughs> of sperm. <laughs> This terrifying Swat image. Team. <laughs> Swat like team you sperm. ejaculating in like these exceptionally like active sperm. Just Move like, on in. <laughs> <laughs> throw in a smoke bomb. Go go. Get her bed. That ain't nobody lives forever. Hello from the past, and welcome to Why Do We Watch This, the podcast where three friends watch a bad movie, make a theme cocktail to accompany that movie, talk about what they like, what they didn't like, and how they'd fix it. But this is a mini-episode. Me, why thank you for asking. I'm Brendan Drischler. I'm Chris Ravel. And I'm Lee Dolohanty. That's the three of us, the, the three amigos, the yes. three chums. The, the three caballeros. The three the, caballeros. Three, three gay caballeros. The, the three Badinskis. Two gay caballeros and one asexual caballero. <laughs> I think that has the same ring to it as three caballeros. It Good does. Job. They yep. say we're birds of a feather. So we're here, as I said, with the mini episode. As a prelude to the movie we'll be doing two weeks from now. And that movie we'll be doing two weeks from now is the 2002 sci-fi movie, The Time Machine. No, not that old one. Not that musty claptrap. This is the 2002 one, and it fucks. It's lean, it's sexy, it's dark. It's directed by Simon Wells. Serlinger, who I think that was the guy that was in that. I don't think it was Rod Serling. I think he was a writer. I don't think he was really an actor. No, it's some, it's a guy that, it's an actor whose name sounds like Rod Serling, and I always get them mixed up. Well. In the original Time Machine? Yeah, I'll figure it out. Directed by Simon Wells, who is the great-grandson of H.G. Wells. Nepotism! <laughs> it's also starring Jeremy Irons, Guy Pierce, Orlando Jones, Samantha Mumba, and uh, some other people. Rod Taylor. Oh, 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 oh. He the guy. A, from the original movie. The fuckable. Yeah. Samantha Mumba is a C-list pop star. Yes, thank you, Chris. <laughs> we'll have more to say about Samantha Mumba two weeks from now and her failing pop star career. I'm sure Chris will have many witty insights to we'll, we'll get around to the movie, yeah. but we really want to dig into her discography. <laughs> yeah. So, the drink that we will be making for the time machine is called The Inescapable Result of Your Own Tragedy. It's going to be three ounces of Pims, some green bee lemon sting soda, some mint leaves, and a lemon. And what we're going to do is muddle them mint leaves in a shaker, then add some Pims and mix it together straight into a glass with ice and top the lemon sting, then uh, throw in some mint and lemon slices to garnish. That'll be the drink we make then. I'm excited. I think it's going to be very yummy. Yep. We uh, tried a basic version of it tonight just so we could see what it would be this like. Is, this is, for what it's worth, two ounces of pins. Oh, well, that's but close. we could probably do three and it probably wouldn't. It would be just as delicious. And Stan's mint. It's very refreshing. Yeah. So, to tie it in with the time machine... What we'll be talking about today is movies that involve time travel as a device. Whoa! Now there's a lot of these. Lee's seen some of them. I've, I've seen, seen a few more. Chris, I don't I've know seen what like he a does. Handful. Chris has seen a handful. I so, watched Doctor Who though. Lee's watched Doctor Who though. <laughs> as you may recall, it's that wibbly wommy tiny whiny thing that everyone loves I to hate, say on but the that's internet. That's what everyone loves to say. What, I do too. Yeah. Because I hate whenever any other reference to time travel comes up in media, someone will inevitably say wibbly wobbly tiny wimey stuff, I hate it. and I'll just want to shove my fist For down me, their throat do you know until it, it comes out their sphincter. The, the tiny wimey is the is is to Doctor Who as old Greg is to Mighty Boosh for me. 
You know, I, I think those are the big Wow, trailers. that's a that's a reference that I fully understand as well. I, Thank you for bringing it to something that I can appreciate. No, but good point. Whereas, like, whenever people just consi- like constantly reference old people, Greg, and just yeah. Like, oh. I mean, if you haven't seen The Mighty Boosh, it's a great, surreal, wonderful show. But all people, especially in the states, I feel like who have seen it, remember is like the fucking old Greg character who had a like light vagina and drank Bailey's, and it was like. It was funny at the time, but it's it's not funny to me It's anymore. played out. So anyway, we were talking about the different kinds of time travel movies earlier on, and um, one of the things I had wanted to bring up is what makes a time travel movie a good time travel movie? What makes it, say, easy to follow and not, oh, I don't know, Primer? <laughs> Which, let it not be said, Primer... Oh, I like Primer. It's a good like movie. It. Primer's a, like, it's, it's, a good movie. it's a technically good movie. Like, I can look at this. It's impressive that that was all done for, like, $7,000. Right, and I can go online and read, like, many, many pages of notes to try and figure out what the fuck just happened in Primer. That and diagram, then watch it again. That diagram you found was very helpful. It was, actually. That's a pretty solid diagram. Thanks, Wikipedia. Go to the Wikipedia entry for Primer the, to see this the, diagram. A movie that doesn't require the Guy Ritchie treatment of <laughs> watching it once without the commentary, then watching it with the commentary, then watching it a third time without, without the commentary. commentary. And you'll get something different every time! Yeah. And then exactly we're suddenly just like, 16, 24, 42! <laughs> 64 pieces and 34 squares. Exactly. Um, King Solomon's Chapel. I mean, it's pretty simple to me. It's the same thing that makes any movie good. Just have a good story that you can follow and make sense. Like, I don't know. I feel like it's not like hard or there's nothing I was going to say clarity and consistency of rules yeah I guess but I feel like that's part of I mean again I just think that's I never think it should take precedence over the actual like plot on a basic level it's just like any other type of movie as long as you are are like following the rules of a good narrative and story structure like a mystery is maybe a good thing to compare it to like giving the people the right information at the right time to make sure that they're on the same page with them and you are allowed to like to pull the wool over the rise a little bit if you, as a viewer, are able to, like, have things click by the end. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just that. Like, and I don't think that's, uh, I think if you can write a good mystery, you can write a good time for a movie. And I think that all, the, all of the, both of those things are just, like, knowing how to structure a story well. So what is a good time travel movie? Um, if I had to think of one that's, like, uh, like we're time, because I feel like we can, we, I will come up with a good movie, but I feel like for me a big distinction of time travel movies is like whether, like how big of a thing time travel is in the movie or if it's just like a gimmick used to do a, a thing. So what's an example of a gimmick? Like, um, I don't know, I feel like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is a funny, classic movie, and time travel does feature heavily in it, but I feel like it's just like a way to get a bunch of historical people talking to each other and tell jokes. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, it's, and, it's totally just a very it, silly movie. It's silly, and I don't think that it, like, cares about t- doing any complicated stuff. It just, like, wants to... It follows, like, a pretty traditional story arc of, like, they travel, they go on a little adventure, and then they do a high school presentation. And, like, I don't think that time travel features into the plot that much, other than, like, as a device to accomplish their school presentation. Mm. But Back to the Future, I would say, is an example of a good one where the time travel is integral to the plot in a way that, like, it needs to happen for that. Like, in Bill and Ted's, they could have just, I don't know, when I'm getting an encyclopedia. And, like, yeah, was, yeah was, there's probably, like, about, a weird fantasy sequence you could do or something, right? right? Yeah. And, like, how one of them gets hit on the head with a book. And yeah. they're talking to Socrates. Yeah. 
But in Back to the Future, it's a very solid premise of, like, there's this time machine, and, like, I went to the past and I found out that you have to do XYZ. I don't remember much about Back to the Future. I mean, well, Back to the Future has the, like, you know, it has the, like, the ticking clock, ha ha ha, aspect of it also, where, you know, if he does not cause this event to happen, he will not be born and will never exist, therefore. Mm. I think it also, it very smartly kind of goes in and out of its rules a little bit. Like, there's clearly established rules about how things are going to happen and what the stakes are, but they don't take time to unpack to the audience, like, this is exactly what the flux capacitor is, and this is how it works. Well, right. I mean, like, if you're doing a comedy, I don't imagine you want to spend a whole lot of time being like, now here's the physics behind a flux capacitor. I feel like you don't have to dive into it unless it's, like, absolutely important to the plot. Like, I'm not interested in hearing a very long digression explaining to me the mechanics of every specific mechanic of how this machine works. Just oh, so time I was, are there are there movies that do that? I guess not necessarily movies, but more like I I mean I just feel like I can't think of anything where like they pause to like do a PowerPoint I, presentation. No, 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 no. But I just mean like I recently had a conversation with someone who just was like such a hater of a lot of like video games and movies for being too soft with sci-fi stuff like time travel. And his idea that was like, no, they should like be really rigid about the rules and like really take time to unpack that for the audience. I'm like, that sounds terribly boring, which is why it tends to gravitate towards things like back to the future where it's like, you understand it enough, but they keep it simple and they're not going to like, you know, go off the plot to tell you meaningless details about how the flux capacitor works. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean, well, but, but I mean, it's, I guess it's also just, like, with something that does not exist in real life, how could you ever, like... I know. You know, sit down and explain, like, now this is how we developed time travel. <laughs> Pay attention, audience, this will come in handy for you at some point. Like, I, that that's madness yeah, to me, that someone would, like, want... I agree. That someone would want to know, like, exactly how this works, beyond, like, you know, the basic fiddle-faddle nonsense you're right. coming up with in order to make this plausible for a movie. Um, the other big example of, like, time travel being important and having, like some rules that make it an interesting part of the story of B-12 Monkeys, a.k.a. Elijah yeah. Um And I, they, I like both of the versions of that story. I think I've only seen the 12 Monkeys version. I wanna, I, I'd like to say what I like about it, but it's also a massive spoiler. For both movies, so still images? Wanna, Do you like still images? I like still images. <laughs> and nothing else, please. I like the ending of both of these movies. Uh-huh. I remember, like, that's my favorite part about... Belagite and Twelve Monkeys. It's a very striking ending. They have the same ending. Yeah, I know. And it's a good ending. And it, it's like a really good I time never, travel only possible in time travel story ending. I never caught the series of Twelve Monkeys that sci-fi I watched it, did for and then a I second. Stopped. I don't know if the, how far they got past when I stopped watching it. But I liked it when I was watching it. But it was very different. Because it had to be. Because it was yeah. like not, no longer a movie. And there's way more interaction. And I... No, I do like Twelve Monkeys. But... I do like it. I say this. I'm gonna have a lot of. I'm supposed to say a lot of negative things about it, but I really didn't like Bruce Willis's character in it. I thought he was too like weird and like like a weird baby man, which I guess is they try to. I, I think it's the weirdness of the director. I was gonna say I think yeah. that's just a Terry Gilliam. It's thing, a weird right? Terry Gilliam. He thing. seemed to direct several yeah, of them like, to be like given to all your like weirdest ticks and impulses. Yeah, and like he it's he acts like a person that like I especially because he has to be someone's love interest. It just seems like. Like, what a creepy person to have to fall in love with. He's, like, this weird, like, manic... And it's because he's, like, playing that he's excited to be in a, in a past where the world hasn't gotten fucked up, you yeah. don't believe. But, like, he has no... He's, like, weirdly naive, but also, like, psychotically homicidal at points and, like, babyish and manic. And it's kind of... 
I don't like that performance or that character much of the way it's done. Whereas in La Jete, well, it's mostly like still images and narration. You get the sense that he's like still a very like lucid person. <laughs> and Not in the TV Jete. show, I liked his version of the wasn't it Pyro who played? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it was wasn't it Pyro from the original X Men movies? Oh 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 fuck yeah! I know you. Yeah. Forget. I was... um, so you meant like that was an actor or something. No. I was like, is this like, yeah, you know, is this a musician? I'm not familiar. <laughs> the name with? on everyone's lips, Pyro. Um, but I, I, that at least was better for me than the Twelve Monkeys movie. Was like, all right, I, I'm happy to see like a guy acting relatively normal <laughs> in this role. Um, but yeah, I liked, I like those movies. Um, and the way that time travel works, especially in Lajete, because I don't know how similar it is to the Twelve Monkeys. I just I remember, remember in Jete, they the sort of like, of 12 monkeys like sort of do this do. weird trance out thing, and they like have to put on a sleep mask. Yeah, I I mean Lejeté is not really so concerned with the mechanics of yeah. how so much as it is with like the story and the effects thereof. Yeah, and still images, and still images, and that damn Jeté. If we're gonna talk about <laughs> movies that care about the story of time travel, not the not the like the know how. Yeah. Doctor Who is probably a great, and Doctor Who is like a massively long TV show at this point, but. There are plenty of Doctor Who stories that time travel doesn't matter fucking at all, because it's like, especially in the early series, the classic Who, because half of the show's episodes were historical drama, like mm-hmm. historical fiction pieces, like, hey, they go back to Genghis Khan, let's right. do a Genghis Khan plot, and they're like, well, let's do a Romans one, and, like, they, and there's like, for most of those types of episodes, they get there and the TARDIS is somehow just taken out of the equation for the rest of it, because we want them to have an adventure in this time period. Right. And time travel does not enter into it. And, like, sometimes there's aliens, but in a lot of the early ones, there were no aliens. It was just, like, it just wasn't getting gone. I feel like nowadays, when they do do a historical episode, there's there's some sort of alien somehow in the past right. as well. Which well, I... And they also kind of almost do it to, like, explain a myth or a folklore, where it's, like... Yeah. Uh, like, the vampires of Venice. It's, like, well, they're not really vampires. There were, like, these weird water aliens. And... Yeah. Or, like, when they did, um... Oracles in ancient Greece. It's like again, they're not really oracles. They're more like fire demon right. aliens. I mean, I would suspect this probably just to give it more of a sci-fi slant than just doing yeah. like a historical I, drama. I, both of them can be good, but like, who in the past was not afraid to just like take you to a time and just deal with like a story of that time period? There are ones where they like the reverse happens, where instead of aliens, it's like I think in the Aztec one. The math teacher Barbara is like revered as a god because she just like knows their culture, but also knows like how to impress them. Mm-hmm. And so she's one of those like, you know, versions of like where the the like college educated person goes to like like or something like those imperialist bullshit ones where like a guy from England shows up on a desert island and convinces them that they're like right. they're a god or something because yeah. they know how to like do things. Because they're really white skin. He's got fire sticks and yeah, it's one of those. But like, it's there's no. There's no other sci-fi part of it. Um, and the, uh, there are some Doctor Who stories where the time travel does work remarkably well in its favor for, like, telling a really good story. I think one of my favorite episodes that, yes, I guess it is about time, is the one I've talked about in our sequences thing, where he has to, like, he's in, like, a time loop where there's, like, this pat, like, this, like, prison he's in, uh... And he, I forget that, now I'm trying to struggle to remember, like, the full mechanics of it, but, like, he's being, like, hunted down in this, like, weird palace that he's stuck in by this thing, and the only way out is this, like, wall of diamond, harder than diamond material that's, like, Oh, yeah, we've discussed this one a Yeah, times. you've mentioned this It's one of my favorite things in Doctor Who. Um, 
and there's this like teleport machine that he was te- that he was um, teleported in on, and I think what he does is he finds a way to like as he's it's not actually a time loop in the sense that he doesn't go back in time, but what he does is like he manages to punch a few like inches or whatever in one cycle, and then when when he's dying. He manages to, like, carry himself up the stairs and, like, reprogram his body into the thing that generates a new body for him. And so, like, every time he's the person that he was before, he doesn't remember being there before. So, like, he'll... The first time you see him, I think he looks at the stars and says, like, the stars are in the wrong place or whatever. And then you realize later on it's because, like, it's actually, like, thousands of years have been passing. And, like, the Earth, like, it's just, like, time is passing. And then, like, a mil- I think it takes, like, over two million years or something for him to fully punch through the wall. And they kind of show, like, all of that time passing. That was a really good one. For more information on this, please see our mini-episode on sequence. Yeah. <laughs> it was a really good episode. Um, I'm going to ha- rack my brain for other really good Doctor Who examples, but I can't think of any other ones that really use the time travel well. There definitely are ones where it's not important, but it is, like... And it, they don't want to explain it that much, because it will fall apart. But I've always described that as sort of like a, a space fairy tale Doctor Who, as opposed to like a space fantasy. There is a um, like sort of fairy tale logic. It occurs to me now. I hadn't thought about it when we were like spitballing time travel movies. But there is like a, a I, I don't know if I've seen like another movie like this, but it was like a time travel horror, and it's essentially like a closed loop called. It's called Triangle, but it's like these people go out on a boat. The boat gets capsized. Uh, they get on, like, a passing cruise ship that is completely empty, and uh, someone is picking them off as they go along, and what they find out is that they're just one of, like, a myriad versions of these people coming through, because they see, like, evidence of, wow, there's, like, three... three of the... three dead bodies of this one person just, like, stuffed into this closet, and, like, you find out, like, which one of the people goes nuts to become a killer who's also going after the killer that's also themselves. It gets extremely confusing, but it was at least a kind of an inventive way of like trying to mine that for like spookiness and weirdness instead of like, I don't know, wonder or like a historical drama. I don't have the patience to sit through a confusing time travel movie. I gotta tell you, this came up earlier when we were talking about Primer, you and me. Yeah. And we had asked, had we seen Primer? And I said, yes, but I don't care to talk about it. I don't care to talk about it. Um, it's like, like I, I can't, like, I can tell you what happens in Prior, but I can't tell you, like, why it's happening. And, and I just, like, yeah. I don't care enough, you know? Like, it's good. It's it's a good movie. I don't want to talk about like it. I don't want to watch it again. It is, like, technically very good. I am interested to know what I would think about it now, because I was pretty impressed <laughs> maybe, with it in college. Maybe. But it is very dense and hard to understand. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, like, uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to say, like, it's a... It's not necessarily a bad thing if you have to watch a movie more than once to get it, because I think like a good movie will certainly reveal things to you upon rewatch that you didn't notice the first time. But I think, the, but um, with, like with Primer, like I feel like if you just walk out of the movie theater and do nothing else, you'll just be sitting there thinking like, "But why? Right. How did this happen? How did this all come to pass? Why are there so many?" <laughs> anyway, wires. <laughs> yes. Anyways. So, so yeah, I, I feel like I, I don't really have the patience for anything that, that does such a deep dive into the technical aspects of time travel at this point, you know? Like, I, I just don't care. I thought Endgame did a pretty good job. So, I think, here's the thing. I think Endgame, for almost the entire movie, does a very good job with time travel because they explain very clearly, like, they say, no, it's not like Back to the Future. You create parallel universes. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. 
you established a rule. They stick to the rule for the most part. Cap goes back in time at the end. Spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen Endgame. It's been out for like a fucking month. What are you doing yeah, anymore? Get over um, it. At the end, Cap is going back in time to like drop off all of the um, various other stones where they were supposed to be so that the timelines, you know, don't get messed up and don't start up new timelines. But then we find out that Cap has chosen to stay back in the what, 30s or 40s. I guess it would be 40s. It, yeah. The 40s with Peggy. And they get married, and they live a life, and then Old Cap shows up in that primary universe. So, how did Old Cap go back in time and not start a new alternate timeline? Uh, They're suggesting that apparently there has always been an Old Captain America in the MCU that we've just never seen before until now. But, like, how? Unless what they were banking on was we would have just kind of forgotten that bit in the beginning, and we were just happy to get that send-off. Like, I think that was relatively... I mean, when you think about it, it falls apart, right? But I think in the moment, it's kind of an effective pivot from a uh, from observing the rules of the plot to just giving some kind of, like, emotional resolution. No, it is. And it, at the time, when I was watching it, I was like, okay, this is completely fine. It wasn't until afterwards that I started You're thinking like, about, huh. like, like, but how did he get there and why is he there? Because I kind of thought that there was, like, a version of the movie that could end without Old Cap ever showing up, and then right. we just do the flashback that has them dancing, and, like, it ends because we know that he chose to go back in time, because Bucky is aware of the fact that he went back in time. But when he actually showed up is when I started thinking, like, but how? That's a good point. So it's, like, for the most part, yeah, I think it does do a very good job of sticking to the rules. That's the one, like, I think it's, like, a cheat to give you the emotional payoff, and I'm not going to say that it's not necessarily worth it, because I think it kind of is, but on the other hand, it's still a cheat. Yeah, it is still a cheat, and it bugs me that, like, the Russo brothers don't seem to have an actual answer for it because, like, I've read interviews with them where, like, people ask, like, but how is he there? And they were just like, oh, I will, well, we don't want to say everything. It's like, okay, you don't know either. Like, that's no. fine. Just admit you don't know. Right. I don't care. How, well, how much time has passed since he left or frozen or whatever he was? Mm-hmm. I don't and know. And how, how much time? How, how, God. I want to know the age discrepancy between them when he, they finally reunite. Like, so, how many years have passed for Peggy and how many yeah, years have passed Yeah, I guess that's true. Like, I, my assumption would be that he just sort of shows up, like, I don't know, a day after he supposedly died or something, maybe. Does he choose to go? I thought he could only go back to the time when the thing was taken. Here's what I figured. I figured he went back to a time before he was frozen. And he was able to, like, somehow avoid that fate. No. No. Everything that has to happen so. had to happen. Yeah, because there would just be two of him's. You're right. He would just, I mean, he could go back in time and be like, hey, don't get on that secret spy plane and fight with the Red Skull. But then, like, Red Skull would get away with the Tesseract, you know? Yeah. So it's just sort of like, he must <laughs> have gone back. What if in that timeline he takes the Tesseract? Because. And, like, and they, they would have, like, pulled the camera out of that little push in on them dancing, and it's actually, like, the, I don't know, Nazi US or something. No, but because, like, Carter was a show, and like right. she was like, "Oh, I miss Captain America." Right, like that happens. Right, unless it didn't, because no. he must have created a new time. Right, he See, didn't. Is- he, she had to. I, ha- for my money, again, we're now like it all falls apart. I know, right? Because now when it's, it's again like it's cornbread. When you poke it, like it all yeah. crumbles before your eyes. But like no, that ha- in my mind, whatever it was probably like the fifties or something, where Howard Stark's. Would that scene happen? That was when they went yeah. back to deliver the thing back because that was what was taken. Otherwise, you're taking it back to a time where it already exists. At that point, would that have been 20 years on from when the plane would have gone down? Yeah, World War Two. So that ended in 45. Oh, true. So, so like no. closer to like 30 years, yeah. probably. But like because they go back and because when they go back on that base, it's like the early 70s or late 60s. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. But so what I'm saying is he must have just chosen. I I don't think. It's not that he had, he could only go back 
to those times, he only had enough juice to go to, like, do seven stops, right? The seventh being coming back to the modern day. Mm-hmm. Uh, he chose not to come back to the modern day. Okay. He chose to go back to 1940 and then meet up with Peggy. I think he probably went back. I don't know, man. I assume he went back to, like, after she believes Captain America has died. Because... Then do you just effectively lie? It's I so mean, she. I, I don't think he has to lie. I think he just shows up. He's like, "Well, you're not going to fucking believe what just happened that like led me to here." Because the thing is, then like they have to agree not to fuck with time for the rest of. They can they have to keep a little profile. Cause, yeah, because like right, because otherwise, like, how do you know that Captain America? Like, people will be like, "Hey, aren't you fucking Captain America? Yeah. That guy who died." That's my question. Did he? At that, I actually, I, I guess there's really no answer to this, but. Does he become a captain, like a, just a different, separate Captain America in a different timeline? No, I think he. Or is it, does he just become back, Steve Rogers? Does he just like back Steve and like, next door neighbor? We're just going to Normie Town. Yeah, he's not allowed to do anything because the world didn't know the Captain America, so he's changing right. history too much. Yeah, they were so, adamant about not fucking with history. When right, doing all that time travel, and so like. And so, he's, he can't. Yeah, and so if he's not creating an alternate timeline, if he's still existing in the timeline that the other movies have existed in, he must have just been like this guy, like hiding in his house all the time, like not letting people know that he was actually Steve Rogers. Which I find it hard to believe that he could do. It, right, yeah. it, feels, it feels weird too. It feels like a weird choice for Honestly, his character to make. Right, yeah, to like sit by, to like just like yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Right, as all this other shit happens, he just has to like stay inside. And be like, oh, can't do anything about right. this. Yeah, nine eleven. Ooh, unless there's like a dumb sitcom somewhere where it's like. They always have to, like, oh, whoops, he just, like, crushed this fence in half. We better find a way to explain that. Yeah. But he would have been old by 9-11, so he would have been Yeah, I know, yeah. But he could have still been like, hey, incidentally, in my timeline, let me tell you something I've learned that's gonna happen this morning. Yeah, that's true. Oof. Oof. Can you imagine that burden of knowing that's coming? Yeah, I mean, I feel feel like it's a little irresponsible to let 9-11 happen if you're trapped Let's talk about this part of time travel more, because (laughs) there are a couple time travel stories that end with someone boop becoming going permanent permanently into the past of the future uh-huh. and whenever it's the, the latter or the, the former where they go to the past it yeah. always feels like a bummer it, yeah. it always feels like man like you have to give up so much right like the example that we had done before Kate Leopold. Kate Leopold yeah where you have to give up like everything everything, everything. your right to like exist as a human basically you give up way. so many rights you give up and I mean on top of that like modern convenience the only way that works is if you toothbrushes apple watches the only way that works is if you bring back enough Prenatal material care. wealth that is important to that time that yeah. you can become rich enough that it doesn't matter. I mean, that's <laughs> the thing to do, right? You know? That's a really good point. Like, or just bring go back like, a shit ton of gold. Plus, like, I was more like, go back into the 70s and be like, ah, oh, yes, Apple, I'll take some stock in this company, exactly. please. Be like, lucky you for being white, Meg Ryan. This is yeah. going to be great for you. Yeah. Like, that's that would be fine. Like, because even if you're a woman or of color, like, money always If you have enough money, yeah, money always wins out, right? Yeah. So you could probably have gotten by and just hired people to keep you, to not, like, rape you or murder you yeah. or... You walking down an alleyway, so, so excuse me, sir. Here's a fiber. To protect you out of the way. Yeah, I, I know. I'm thinking you. like, well, I keep a bunch of people on retainer to not assault me. <laughs> Better make sure those yeah. checks aren't late. <laughs> but like, yeah, but. That's the only time it makes sense, like the guy, the right. sports almanacs. I mean, I, I, I feel like I have to say, almost any time in a time travel movie where a character chooses to live in a time that is not their own time, it's a little, like, it feels almost a little ill-advised to me, one way or the other, you know? Like, I get that there are certain versions of the story you can tell where it's like, oh, but this person is so, like, out of step with their normal time that the only way they'd possibly be happy is yeah. if they lived in the year 3000 or something like that, right? 
I guess, but I, I it depends. I mean, a lot of the thing, a lot of times this happens in time travel romances, um, right? And I've seen enough of those because there's a lot of uh, K dramas about this subject. It's a very big thing in Asian dramas is like time travel, um, and there's like one that I really liked that actually does time travel pretty cool in a pretty cool way. I think um, where there's like a scholar from the um, like like a I forget the name of the historical period, but like where. Korea is like two different states now, like fighting, um, and he's like a very smart person. And he's from a time like before they have like English, like they don't know, they don't, they just know the end of it. But he comes to the future, but he's very good about like it's the very it's the opposite trope of like the sort of like idiot. It's like the opposite of Thor showing up <laughs> and being like ah like mead in the yeah, diner. Yeah, yeah, it's like <clears throat> he doesn't do any of that stupid shit. He like takes his time and he like studies and like watches people do things, and he's able to like go to the library and into it like. If she pressed this button that has the number two on it, then like twelve must be the one. There's another one of those, yeah. but a thing like he like works out, and it's really cool. And like he very quickly tries to pick up on like English, and he pretty early on in the show decides like, yeah, I'm staying here, and I'm like, go yeah, go for it, man. Yeah. Like he sorts out his like he he has this like stuff that he cares about in his own time. Like he wants like the war to he wants like the rightful ruler to be restored. And he, like, uses time to sort that out. Like, he goes to the future to, like, read encyclopedias of, like, arena history. And then he's like, oh, I see what I need to do. And he goes back and he does that. Um, and then he's like, sort of that, yeah, I'm going to stay here. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense to me. Like, is it, in some ways, the going to the future, the problems are, like, you are uh, losing out. Like, you're, you're going to be so fucking out of place. Like, right, yeah. how the fuck are you going to learn all of the shit that you missed? Also, everyone else you loved is dead. I guess, but maybe you don't have anyone you love. He didn't, in that's, that case, he didn't really have, That's frankly a depressing like, love story on its own. <laughs> I think in that case, like, he had, like, servants and stuff. Well, they like, probably loved him. Yeah. <laughs> one of them did. Too. One of them was, like, in love with him. <laughs> Do you think he paid them to not rape him? Murphy? <laughs> yeah. But it's like, his family had all been, like, killed in the war. So Oof. it's like, you know. What's, well, no wonder he's like, he I'm, I'm good not being here. Yeah. The, um, Outlanders also does that with the... Outlanders... Weird to me though because oh, she's it's married. Very weird. She's married and then they have another. Like, why would you start the story with like her and a happy marriage? Well, because then they because they really want to hit you with that twist. Because when she goes back to like ancient Scotland, uh, the villain on that show is her husband's uh, well, ancestor. He, look, he wouldn't look the same. Oh, because in the movie, the TV show, it's the same guy. Yeah. He wouldn't look like his ancestor. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Wait, so why is that a problem though? Because if if. The guy that she loves in ancient Scotland, uh-huh. like, kills the villain, uh-huh. then her husband back in okay. her present is also dead. Okay. So she's affecting the timeline by being in the past. Yes. Okay. And then she, like, I don't know. But, I, I, time travel works weird in that show, because doesn't she just, like, get thrown around randomly? Yes. She kind of, like, bops back and forth without really much, like, rhyme or reason to it. And very little agency over it. I also don't, like... That show's such a bodice ripper that, honestly, the time travel stuff just feels like plot excuses sometimes. Like, it's not really... It is. It's just... It's, I mean, those are, like, slightly elevated harlequin romances to me. Absolutely. Like, it's not... There's not much to them. But, like, I think she has a daughter with uh, Fraser. That's that guy's not... Fraser's the other guy, isn't he? I don't know. The hot Scottish guy. And then remember. she, like, is teleported to the future with her daughter... And so her daughter is mostly raised in... Oh, I guess I haven't... Modern day times. This is why I've been, like, reading up on it a little bit, because I was curious about what the fuck happens in the show. I stopped watching after a few episodes where I was like, this is fun, but I don't really know what's for me. Yeah. But also outrageous shit happens in that show for, like, 
I don't know. I don't like it when it just happens for she later. Like, I'm pretty sure the villain rapes the male character at some point. Yeah. It's like, why? There's, there's, why is that in the show? There's kind of rape all over. <laughs> yeah. Why so much rape? Hey, can we just ask the world in general why <laughs> yeah, so much right? rape? Like, Should we be paying people not to do it? <laughs> Should we tell that to Andrew Yang? We're like, yes, universal uh, uh, income, but just make sure you like give a little bonus to people so they don't rape. Yeah. It's a very topical reference, Chris. I tried. I'm tired. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I... Alright, so here's another thing, right? Yeah. Classic time travel movies in the sense that time travel is like the jumping off point for the plot, the Terminator franchise, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't necess- it's not necessarily a time travel movie in the sense that involves like the main character necessarily jumping from time to time, rather it involves a supporting character. But hiccups in time are important. Yes, they are. And the fa- and like it's built around time travel as a concept, so time travel is important to the series. You have the first two movies, basically. The first movie it's sort of a closed loop in the sense because Kyle Reese goes back in time, impregnates Sarah Connor, so she gives birth to John Connor. So Kyle Reese must have always been meant to go back in time. So yep. he could give birth to John Connor, who is like Someone they know in like the future as someone who will save like him. Hero. But he right. doesn't know. He doesn't know that he's the father. Right? No, he doesn't know. But it's he's like just nonetheless. Like, oh, I know that like you're gonna at some point give birth to right. my to friend. The, yeah, right. So I have to keep. I have to what keep is, you safe. What an awkward situation I to find yourself in. Exactly. Like, to have to like oh go my back God. to the. To I, <laughs> I am the father of my best friend. Yeah. I just think like what a conversation if you go back into the future and like said like you meet John Connor he's like so did you take care of I was like oh boy yeah hey, fucked your mom <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be honest it's sort of that and I mean we've we've kind of like brought that up a few times because there's in like that non theatrical theatrical version of Kate and Leopold it kind of comes up and back to the future it's like this weird combination of I'm gonna go back in time and fuck but it, it might be someone who I'm a related to or like the the product of our sex is going to be someone I'm, like, very close with in my own timeline. That's a yeah. weird thing to keep finding you yourself in. You awkward situations with that in time travel. Yeah. Back to the future. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, the whole premise about a teen boy wanting to fuck his mom. And I feel like the, the Terminator franchise is a good example of, like, when you are telling a story in which time travel is super important to the plot, mm-hmm. you, you are going to lose... Your shit. You're gonna lose control of your, yourself. Well, what I was going very quickly. right. So what I was going to say too is the second movie. Like the entire thesis of the second movie is like there is no fate but that which we make ourselves. So like it's like you control your own destiny. Things are not predetermined. Then in the third movie, it's like J.K. They all are predetermined. Uh. Sarah Connor's dead of cancer. Nuclear war is going to start. You better lock yourself up in this cave and like be prepared to spend some time there. So it's just like I think it's also a great example of like what happens when like one person does not have control over a franchise and yeah. you just keep making more and more of them. And and, like, everyone comes in with their own different idea for what a sequel to a Terminator movie should be. I highly recommend for the, the He's, like, producing out. it. I don't have a lot of confidence. I don't. I feel... Ugh, I, I was, like, kind of done after Rise of the Machines, you know? Like, Same. I saw that and I was like, you know what? This is a good point to, like, check out and not care anymore. I've still never seen any of the other movies. We have to keep going. I know. Apparently. I, have, I would highly recommend the Red Letter Media Scientist Man Explains Terminator timeline. Oh, it's such a good... That sounds like fun. ...summary of how fucked up it got and... How complicated it is. It's just almost impressive to me how much, like, each one can disregard the rules set by the previous movie. Yeah. I love I love that there's some erasure of, like, the two warring sides' decision of, like, well, then, like, well, he has a Terminator back to protect the baby, and then it's like, well, like, why don't they just send another Terminator to, like, go kill a baby? How how defenseless babies are? Because, like, they're like, well, they send him back when she's a baby, right? He's like, no, they send him back to when he's about, like, five. And it's like, okay. <laughs> why? Like, why, why then? <laughs> 
but it kind of reminds me of like Doctor Who, right? There's a famous event in Doctor Who called the, like the Time War. Um, yeah. Time. It sort of reminds me of like Time Crisis. Yeah, that or I love that game. There's a thing. This is a reference to a YouTuber. This is a low point. Brian David Gilbert talks about the Zelda timeline and refers to this thing called the Time Break. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to explain the Time Break at some point. It's all going to make sense. But in Doctor Who, like between the eighth and ninth Doctors, uh, when the show got canceled, when I got renewed, they come up with this like massive thing of like in between this this thing, the whole to set to really like reset and call. It's actually a weird decision. Instead of just saying like in a franchise that's very easy to reboot and say like. Yeah, now it's the ninth Doctor. They instead were like, no, a fuck ton of shit has happened. Gallifrey, the Doctor's home planet, is gone. There was a time war. We we're like, okay, what's that? And they never really explained it. It's between the, the Daleks still and the time really wars. They haven't really explained it. They don't really talk about how the time war works. And I, like, it's called the time war. I don't know if that means that, like, the Daleks and, and the Gallifrey... They seem time- to imply it's essentially they just, like, go to different points on the timeline to, like... Try to fuck each I mean, other they up sort or of each that, other. But they never really actually say what the what the battles in the time war were like because they, they sh- eventually they do have like the the time of the Doctor where you get to see like the element like battles in the war and it just seems like a war where they go to a planet and you blow shit up like so it's like <laughs> where does time travel and I feel like that's probably a better way to do it than what Terminator did like just don't talk about it yeah. just say that there was a time war leave it at that and then there's a clever time travel trick to stop the war from ever from Hendy so. The cool time travel trick with that is that um, the Eighth Doctor, there was a, turns out there was a Doctor in between Eighth and Ninth. The War Doctor. The I War know Doctor, this. yeah. Even and I like, this. he was the one that had to do all the fighting in the war. And the last thing he did before he became the Ninth Doctor was he just chose to, like, basically blow up um, everything, every Daleks, but also his own planet. So he was going to, like, be responsible for the deaths of his own species. But it was, like, the only way to end the war. And it was, like, the conclusion he reached, it was foregone. And then the 50th anniversary, like, Dr. Kispachal, when they reunited 10-11 and him, they, like, all three of them eventually reached the conclusion that they could, like, somehow trick... I don't know what they do, but, like, because there's, like, circumstances that allow the, the War Doctor to, like, meet his future selves, they're able to, like, talk about it. Because they've had, like... They're not even the one immediately after that. They've both had time to, like, sort of process their drama. Um... They, they, like, they were able to reach, like, a conclusion that saves this home planet, which is, like, a nice thing to Good do. Good for them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, like, a, it's done in a cutesy way. Like, they don't talk, there's not a lot of, like, huge discussion over, like, how he's allowed to see his future future people. There's, like, time, there's, like, weird time holes that appear. They, like, fall through them. We don't talk about why that happens, right. really. The point of the story is to, like, tell a really moving story about, like, this guy who had to make this horrible choice. And the people that have had to live with that choice, and then the three of them realizing they don't have to make that choice. It was a nice story. Yeah. The only other bit of time travel media I can think of was... I thought Days of Future Past was pretty decent. Yeah, I think Days of Future Past is a really good time travel movie. If you're going to watch a time travel movie, watch Days of Future Past. What's the deal with, like, there's the part where he, um... Because it's all through Shadowcat somehow. She's, like, folding his head or something. Yeah, yeah. And, like, there's a point where, like, he goes through some sort of drama in the past, and he mm-hmm. ends up stabbing her. Yes. And she has to keep focus. It makes a ticking clock, yeah. 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 Why does he, he, he like he, like, reacts to something that's in his it's head. It's Stryker. He sees Stryker. And he like, just, like, Stryker. And he just reacts. Yeah. And, like, they say, like, tr- they say in the beginning, like, you have to keep calm whenever you're in the past. Like, don't get too emotionally, like, nuts, or yeah. it's going to be harder to, like, hold on to you. And so he sees Stryker, and it's, like, an involuntary reflex where he yeah. starts freaking out. And um, 
he like loses like his sense of where he is immediately, and he stabs Shadowcat. Yeah, I rewatched it like a few months ago. Yeah, it's good. It holds up. Nice. Solid. Dude. How does his body go back? But his body's still there. Because he was younger body. Because yeah, she puts his mind into that's his right. Yeah. That's, that's that was like projects his consciousness right. back into that was the logic because like Wolverine would be like the only character there who would have yeah. been like alive at that time who they could have done that to, and it's, also he has feeling powers. So like, it's also an interesting way of kind of warping or I guess developing Shadowcat's powers as opposed to just inventing a new time travel mutant. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? As opposed to having Cable show up, right? <laughs> yeah. Which the only time I'm accepting Cable is in Deadpool too. We don't need him. Popping up in Days of Future Past, complicating it even more. No, and I think it, it's one of those things. that's like it, it's like it's an it's an easy way to do it. and I think it makes perfect sense. Like she phases through walls. Now she has secondary mutation. She phases through time. Right. Who, who cares? Yeah. Moving on. And like it's also if you're gonna like as the movies tend to, if you're gonna make it all about Wolverine, like it's a pretty convenient excuse to have Wolverine be the central character. It's got to be either all about Wolverine or all about Mystique. <laughs> well, once Jay Loss showed up, it was all about Mystique. Before then, we didn't really care. Quantum I mean, Leap is probably something we should talk about. I gotta say, I never watched it. Me I, was, I was pretty into Quantum Leap when I was a kid. It's pretty into Scott Bakula. That's the one where he's jumping into different bodies? Yeah, he... Is that it? Hopes that someday he'll get back to his own he body. Is, his mind bops into people's bodies, and their mind bops into his body. So, like, he... There's a version of him in the future that's, like, in a test chamber somewhere, and periodically, like... Some poor sap will just like end up in that chair, and be like, "What the fuck is happening to me?" And they'll have to be like, "You're gonna go back at some point." Is that the one where like, there's like some shots where it's you can see it's the original person, but there's some shots where you just see Bakula, right? You mostly see Bakula because it's a show starring the actor Scott Bakula. That's right. Um, however, the reflection he sees is the person's body he's in physically because okay. that's what's happening. So like, yeah, the reflection always shows like who he's who's because that's always the big sort of like reveal in that episode of Quantum Leap is like he's gonna fight a mirror yeah. to be like what am I? I'm a woman or man? What race am I? Where am I? What year is it? What am I wearing? Like it's always a, that, like that because like a lot of times or, or at least like, a couple of times am I? he'll show up as like a black person in like a, an even more racist era and like has to deal with that Oof. and like because what the thing is with that show is that this machine is I think meant to like help change like build a better future but what it turns out it's one of those I think sort of closed loop things where like what it reveals eventually over time is that he's put in these times to like do certain things that right. need, that need to happen. So it was sort of like a foregone conclusion. And at one point during the show, I think to the finale, it was a very bleak and depressing finale. Where like right, doesn't it say like he like he never gets back to yeah? He sort of like something? he goes to this like bar at the end of the universe where like God is the bartender. He doesn't know that until the end, where he's like talking to the bartender. What? It's the first time that he's like he sees his own face in the mirror. That sounds nuts. So he's like, where the fuck am I? Why am I in my own body? Um, and he's like talking to this bartender, and, and eventually the bartender tells him like in in, in so many words implies that they are God. And that, like, this is what Scott Bakula has to do, and that he's doing good work, but he has to do it until he dies. Oof. Yeah. But there's that alternate ending. There's an alternate ending, and it Yeah, that yeah it was filmed, apparently. Where, like, he does get back to his own yeah. home. And for whatever reason, they're like, no, no too we happy. Weird. You I know what? Like we also like the ending where it's a snow globe. <laughs> endings are weird sometimes. Yes, they are. Endings are weird sometimes. Speaking of endings, I think this is a good place as any to drop out. Yeah. Sure I thing. forgot to time it this time. What is timely, anyway? Yeah, yeah. I think we'll just go back in time to an earlier point, and we'll call the episode over at that point. I feel like we've decided it's time to call it. Bye!
Wait, so I guess tune in next in two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> Time Machine 2002. Facebook.com slash flywatchpodcast. Flywatchpodcast at gmail.com. It's an email address. Don't send anything to us, please. I don't know the password. We're so into time travel, we did a non-chronological end. Yep.